What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can hit me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Make sure you follow EthosFantasyBB. All of our new content will be dropped there this season over on Twitter, whether it be baseball or fantasy baseball, podcasts, articles, different notes. You guys follow Ethos Fantasy BB. You never miss any of our content here at Sports Ethos on the baseball side. Make sure you check out the website as well because that's where we have all of our other content, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, wagering, team coverage, fantasy. We have it all, so please make sure you guys check out SportsEthos.com. Now, today we are going to be doing a mock draft. I talked about it yesterday. I was debating between, well, there was three options. It was either there was going to be a bunch of news that happened today. There'd be some kind of trades or something, and we talked about that. Or I would start my first base rankings, or we would mock draft. We are going to do a mock draft. I'm going to do it. I think the way I'm going to do it going forward is every Friday we will drop new rankings. So last Friday was catcher. We we continued the month of the Monday. And I think that's what we're going to probably do here going forward. So we'll start it off because there's not going to be any position where we can go through it in one episode. Uh, They're going to be at least two per position, and then starting pitching, we might have three. Still figuring out exactly how that's going to work. But I think Friday is is one. Every single Friday, we'll have new rankings coming out, and then we'll continue them on the Monday. Then throughout the week, we'll do some different things. We'll do mock drafts. We'll do team previews. And then before we know it, It'll be March, whatever day the season starts, March 28th or 20, I don't know, somewhere at the end of March. I believe it's, I could look it up actually real quick. I think it's at the end of March and not the beginning of April this season. MLB season start date. And let's see, 2023. Why does it give me 2022? Who wants to know when 2022 starts? March 30th. March 30th is when the season will start this year. And it'll be here a lot quicker than we are anticipating. I'm not great with the mental math but it's probably uh, god 45 50-ish shows until the season starts 50 something like that it's kind of scary actually now that I think about it we're going to be we're going to be there very soon and we're going to start doing more of these mock drafts to try and keep you guys in the loop on where my mindset is on certain players who I'm higher on, who I'm lower on. Now, I'm doing it over on Fantasy Pros, and I didn't even realize that they'd open this up until I was listening to Leading Off the other day uh, with Joe Pizapia and the Welsh, a.k.a. Chris Welsh. A couple of great guys. They do a great job. You guys should check out their podcast. Check out all the stuff that they do, really. And I didn't even realize, but they were talking about they had a mock draft that they did. So I'm like, hell, let's go try out a mock draft over on Fantasy Pros using their Draft Wizard technology. So... I'm right now, and it's it's going to be me versus the computers. There's nobody else, no other real people in this draft. I'm just deciding my draft position right now, and I think I think I'm going to go with the five slot because, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the five slot because there are five guys where I feel all fairly confident about. Granted, the top four probably a little more confident in total. Uh, when we're talking about Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Julio Rodriguez, Ronald Acuna. Not so much, I guess, Aaron Judge. You know what? I think I'm going to give myself the fourth pick because that way I guarantee one of my top four players. And then, yeah, I won't have to wait so long until coming back. I think I think the fourth pick is probably right here. So we're doing a 12-team draft. I know I've been talking a lot about 15-team content recently, but we're going to start transitioning more into your 10s and your 12s. Now, the roster construction is going to be one catcher, one first baseman, one second, one short, one third, three outfielders, two starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, 
for pitchers of any kind in general. Two utility slots and six bench options. This is the standard that they have over on Fantasy Pros. We're not messing around so much right now. Later on, we will mess around. We'll do a bunch of these drafts, and we're going to start doing them. I was thinking about doing it live today, but it was kind of a last-minute decision uh, to switch from first base over to the mock draft. So going forward, I think we will put these up over on our YouTube. We'll have them live stream. But for today, uh, it will just be me talking, and I'll be going through my picks and everybody else's picks. So... Without further ado, let's start our draft. Start our engines. It is loading right now. Acuna went first, followed by Rodriguez, followed by Trey Turner. So I got Jose Ramirez with the fourth pick. I will take that every single time. No question. And the good thing about this, doing it with the computer, I don't have to wait around the whole night. This is not going to be a three-hour podcast waiting for people to draft. I picked no, no pick clock for this just so I could you know, have my time to talk through my picks with you guys and not really have to worry about that. But I don't have to wait for every single person to run down the clock. So after Jose Ramirez, it was Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts at six, Kyle Tucker, Vlad Guerrero, Juan Soto, Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez, and then Mike Trout to round out the first round. Reminder again, this is a 12-team draft. Second round starts off Corbin Burns, Manny Machado, Jacob deGrom, Bobby Witt, Rafael Devers, Freddie Freeman, Garrett Cole, and Paul Goldschmidt. Now you'll notice right away that this is different than what you're seeing based on NFBC ADP. And it's kind of, it's what we have to use in the offseason, the NFBC ADP, because there's nothing else to really go off of. But it's just, you know, it's the first reminder of the year for me that there are going to be different ADPs wherever you're playing. If it's Yahoo, if it's ESPN, if it's NFBC, if it's CBS, wherever you're playing, fan tracks, every site is going to have different players and different strategies, and therefore there will be different players selected. So, with all that being said, let's keep going here with this draft. Now, my options here at the top of the board, we got Bo Bichette, there's Sandy Alcantara, Pete Alonso, Fernando Tatis Jr. A lot of players here that I could go for. Now, I think I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis. I think I'm going to go with Tatis. Even though the, it wants me to take Bo Bichette, I'm going to take that shortstop and outfield eligibility with Tatis. I think the upside is a bit higher than Bichette. Still, I think they're they're very, very close in terms of what they're probably going to give you throughout the entire season, considering Tatis is going to miss the first three weeks, close to a month. But I think I will go with the upside play with Fernando Tatis Jr. So Tatis and Jose Ramirez as the start for me, that's that's really damn good. Now, I've talked a lot about this year, waiting on pitching. I think I'm going to continue to do that, looking at the guys available to me. Well, there's some interesting names here. Dylan C, Shane McClanahan, Spencer Strider, Aaron Nola, uh, Brandon Woodruff, all still on the board. And honestly... I think I just talked myself into taking a pitcher here. I think I'm going to go with the highest remaining ranked pitcher in my own rankings, Shane McClanahan. I have him higher than Brandon Woodruff. We'll talk about that when we get to our pitching rankings. And I know everybody's been tweeting about their pitching rankings as a side note. I was going to do it, but mine are not quite completed yet. I didn't want to rush to get them out just because everybody else is doing it. They'll be out. They'll be out eventually. Don't worry about that. But Shane McClanahan, I do have ahead of Brandon Woodruff by... How many spots do I have him ahead of Woodruff by? I, I a couple, actually. I'll release those later on, but I'm going to take Shane McClanahan here in, in the third round. I think that that makes sense for me. We now have to wait too long until our next pick. Let's see. And that's what, honestly, I love going through these drafts where there is nobody else in the draft because you're still getting, you know, reasonable selections. It's not like the CBS one I did last month where I, I was my mistake. I messed up and I didn't realize that it was still the 2022 
draft boards with ADPs and all this stuff. So like Walker Bueller and Bryce Harper went very early on. Kind of skewed things. I mean, I look like an ass, but it's still available. You guys want to go check that one out. Uh, it was about a month ago. But here we are looking at 2023 players, 2023 ADPs and projections, rough projections anyway. And look, as we enter up on the next round, Brandon Woodruff is still sitting right there. So you know what? I'm taking Brandon Woodruff, even though he was someone I kind of debated last pick, went with went with McClanahan. Now I got both of them. I love my team. <laughs> I love this team so far. Fernando Tatis, Jose Ramirez, Shane McClanahan, Brandon Woodruff. You're not going to be able to build this in a 15-teamer, obviously. But, hell, it's looking pretty damn good for a 12-teamer right now. Now, let's see where I am lacking still. Second base and catcher are the positions where... I don't have anybody where I'd really like to have somebody pretty soon. Now, Dalton Varsho is still sitting on the board there in terms of your catcher slash outfielder. Second base, I got Ozzie Albee still sitting there. Now, he is 54 in the ECR. Where am I in terms of total pick? 52. Wow. That feels like a pretty decent bargain for Ozzie Albies. Now, who are they suggesting that I take here? They want me to take Shane Bieber with this pick. But I just went with two pitchers in a row, and honestly, that's not even really my strategy this year to go for pitching this early on, I just couldn't really pass up that combination of McClanahan and Woodruff at that price range. I think I'm going to go with Dalton Varsho. It's either him or Ozzy Albies, and I'm just going through this debate in my mind. A catcher, outfield eligible guy versus your second base eligible Ozzy Albies. You know what? I'm <laughs> shit. Sometimes this is this is why I love drafting. Um, I think I'm going to go with Ozzy Albies, actually, the more I think about it. I'm going to take care of second base. It really does become terrible the farther you go. And catcher does, too, but I think there's maybe a little more depth in terms of your catchers available. Now, let's see who we have gone off the board this last round. Valdez, Framer Valdez, Julio Urias, Corbin Carroll, Zach Gallen, Robbie Ray, Corey Seager, O'Neal Cruz, Alex Bregman. These are the guys going in the sixth round here. Now, let's see who they would like me to take. My boy Kevin Gosman is still sitting here at pick 69. That is a really nice bargain. And if I get all three of those guys, I got McClanahan, Woodruff, and Gosman, that's pretty unstoppable. Let's see who else is available. Vinny P is your top available first baseman, second base, Trevor Story. But, I mean, we we talked about that. We know uh, we're not going to be taking Trevor Story anywhere near this range anymore. Let's see what catchers are still out there. Varsho is still out there. Wow, his ECR is 69, and we are at 69. ECR is expert consensus ranking. That's quite a bit lower than what it is over on the NFBC ADP. It is 39 in the 26 drafts that have taken place since December the 1st. Draft champions, that is. Wow, I am taking Dalton Varsho then. I got both of my guys. This is happening a lot. I mean, this is a very good draft so far. And I know that in our heads, we are kind of more, especially in the offseason, looking at 15 teamers because that's what's going on in the NFBC. These teams are going to be a lot more stacked than 12 teamers. And it's, I mean, damn, I wish I could have this as a team for next season so far. I've got all of my trickier positions taken care of. Varsho, Albies, and Jose Ramirez. Now, I don't have any outfielders yet, but it doesn't thin out quite as much as you might think in a 12-teamer. There are still some really solid guys sitting there. There's Byron Buxton, Christian Yelich, there's Stephen Kwan, Anthony Santander, as I say that, it's probably not something I should wait on too much longer, and likely I will take one this round. But let's see what else we got available to us. Ryan Presley is still on the board. Now, closers is something I should be taking a look at here. Ryan Helsley, Felix Batista, Rizal Iglesias. 
Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Ryan Presley and get myself a solid closer one, for lack of a better term. I know that doesn't sound the greatest, but we're going to go with Ryan Presley here, and we're going to start taking care of our outfield in the next round because that's not something I want to wait on too long. But I think there is a little bit of a drop-off after Helsley. Or not, excuse me, I'm looking at Ryan Helsley still sitting there right now. I think there's a bit of a drop-off after Presley in terms of how certain you're going to be about a guy who's going to get you 20, 25, 30 saves. Where with Ryan Helsley, Felix Batista, Camilo Doval, these guys who are sitting here right now, I'm not as confident that that's going to be a sure thing with them. Where I would be more so with Ryan Presley. I could have taken Rizal Iglesias, still very confident in him, but we went with Presley, and I'm not going to be complaining about that too much. I think I'm going to go Christian Yelich here. I think he is the guy that I want to take, just based on the fact that, you know, you're you're going to be weak in certain places. It's just going to happen. Uh, he's not the guy I would want to take as my first outfielder off the board, and it maybe feels like a little bit high to even be taking him, but I have no outfielders, and that is the one position where I'm kind of weaker. He's a guy who's going to give you home runs and steals. He's close to a five-category guy still, even though his batting average isn't quite what we would hope it would be anymore. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with Christian Yelich here, a little bit ahead of the ECR. Uh, and that's fine, right? And I think actually pretty close to the ECR, but fairly high ahead of where he's going in NFBC drafts. It's okay. Uh, we'll take that L should it happen. And of course, we're talking about a mock draft here. So I don't have to actually take any Ls. You guys are just seeing my process here a little bit as I go through these drafts. Now, I need a first baseman. And Vinny Pasquantino is still sitting there. Now, I'm thinking he's probably not going to be there by the time I get to my next pick. I'm just looking at these outfielders. There's no one that I'm really that that interested in taking. Stephen Kwan is there. Yeah, maybe I take Stephen Kwan. My stolen bases on this team are incredible. Between Varsho, Albies, Tatis, Ramirez, Yelich, everybody's giving me double-digit steals. Um, I, you know what? Hell with it. We'll take Stephen Kwan here. We'll take Stephen Kwan at pick 102. Uh, I, think that, I think that's pretty solid value. It's not really an upside play. He's probably not going to do too much better than that, but, but we'll take it. Let's see who else has been taken off the board here. Uh, Vinny P is gone. I wanted Vinny P with this draft, but you know what? I got Christian Walker sitting right there. I love Christian Walker. I think I might go with him. Let's see what else we got going on here. Um, third base, uh, Chris Bryant, Ty France, Max Muncy, a lot of multi-position guys still sitting there. Uh, in the outfield, Giancarlo Stanton, Ahmed Rosario. We're at pick 117 overall right now. Uh, nothing really standing out too much. Maybe I should go for another closer, just thinking about it. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I maybe waited a little too long for my second closer. That's the problem, right? I said it earlier. Take care of those positions that I really wanted to, like catcher, second, and third, but then you're inevitably going to be lacking somewhere. David Bednar is probably the guy I should take, but there's also Clay Holmes. There's also Scott Barlow. There's Daniel Bard, who I'm not a big fan of. There's Andres Munoz, but his his ECR is still fairly fairly low i mean it's 170 on this and you figure their technology is going to you know he's going to be drafted somewhere around pick 170 we're at pick 117 i can wait a little bit get andres munoz and that's going to be a, the case in in a lot of drafts andres munoz going a lot later than he should i was obsessed with the guy last year he's still going to pick 150 by adp which is higher than he was going I think people have started seeing some of the propaganda around Andres Munoz and moved him up the board because he was going around the same range as Paul Sewell in the 170s. He's been bumped up a little bit now. It's okay. For this draft, I think I'll be able to wait a couple more rounds before I actually need to take him. I think I'm going to go Christian Walker at first base here, though. I think that's going to be the plan. I'm going to fill out first base. I'll go outfield next pick, I think. 
and then we'll start uh, getting some more pitchers. Because pitching, I, I definitely need to start thinking more about my pitching. But it's a good year to wait on pitching. So we went with Christian Walker here in round 10. Uh, I really like the value on that pick. Let's take a look here at starting pitchers, the best ones we have available to us. Logan Gilbert. We have uh, Logan Webb, George Kirby, Luis Severino, Nick Lodolo. Now let's see based on 2022 stats. Who are we looking at? Not suggested players here. Um, no, maybe I'll look at the three-year average, actually. That's not a bad idea. I think it might be George Kirby as my SP3. I think that's the way I'm going to go with this. Um, I have a lot of faith in him. I, I like Logan Gilbert, and I like Logan Webb as well, but I think with George Kirby, the skill set there, the incredibly low walk rate, I, I think he is the guy that I'm going to be interested in. You could you could, you could really take any of them, but I'm going I'm to go with George Kirby here in round 11. He is he is my guy. I've, I've liked George Kirby quite a bit. I'm a big fan of the Mariners in general. I wish they hadn't knocked out the Jays in the playoffs, just as a side note, because it makes it harder to cheer for them. But anyway, I still like them. I still like what they've got going on. they got a really solid team overall, and I think Kirby will be able to give me solid ratios, good strikeouts, and also give me a solid amount of wins as well. Let's see who we've got sitting here. So Wilson Contreras is still available. Man, I could have waited on catcher, I guess. He's going 130. You know what? I should have waited on catcher. Just looking at who's here, like I'm happy to have Varsho, but Wilson Contreras, MJ Melendez, Sean Murphy, and William Contreras are still sitting here. I definitely could have waited a little bit. Let's take a look at starting pitching now. Freddie Peralta, Joe Ryan, Chris Sale, and Chris Bassett are sitting there. Freddie Peralta is the upside play here for sure. Like if he can return to his form from 2021, like he was he was incredible. If I'm getting him at this point in the draft, 141 overall then I'm very happy. Chris Sale, no chance I'm taking him here. Chris Bassett, I think, is a pretty solid play. He's the volume play. I think he's probably your safest bet. Uh, Dustin May is also available. Jesus Lazardo. I think I'm going Freddy Peralta. I think I'm going the upside play here. I think that he is the guy who has the best chance of this current group, Bassett, Lazardo, Sale, May, Ryan, and Peralta, to give you the best overall season. It might not be volume-based. It might be 125, 130 really quality, quality innings worth Bassett. It might be 165, 170, even more perhaps of a slightly lower quality. But I'll take Freddie Peralta and we'll work on streaming. I guess, Christ, I keep thinking this is a real draft. I don't have to work on streaming anything. This is just a mock. But hypothetically, I would take the Peralta over Bassett. I think I would anyway. I'm still working on the rankings. I think I'm putting Peralta over Bassett just because the upside is definitely going to be greater for him. I really like this team so far, and I do want to remind you guys, keep in mind, that this is a 12-teamer. So if you're doing your 15-team drafts and you know you may be listening in the background of this and you say, how the hell does he have you know, all, you know Tatis and Alpes and, and Ramirez and McClanahan and Woodruff? It's a 12-team draft. It's different stuff than you're seeing on the NFBC, so please do keep that in mind. Outfield is still going to be a, maybe a little bit of a problem. I need only one more, but I don't really care that much. Unless I go for MJ Melendez and go real sneaky, put him in the outfield, and then I have two catcher-slash-outfield eligible players. You know what? I just did it. We're doing it. MJ Melendez is my third outfielder. That is incredible. I mean, if you're going to do that in your actual drafts, it's probably going to pay off for you having both of those guys catcher-slash-outfield eligible. Now, I still need some more pitching. Looking at this team... A weakness is definitely going to be starting pitching, and I might have waited a little bit too long to really get myself that quality, quality guy still at this point in the draft. I mean, I've got McClanahan, Woodruff, George Kirby, Freddie Peralta. 
I'm pretty happy with that. Now, there are still some guys who could be really good here. Lance McCullers, he's probably who I'm going to go with. There's Jeffrey Springs. Uh, we got Andrew Heaney, not, not taking a chance on him here. Grayson Rodriguez, not really willing to take him this high. I think I'll go Lance McCullers. Again, go for more of an upside play here. He stays healthy, then there's really no telling how good he could be. I think there's some some small red flags to be had with Lance McCullers still. Let me just pull up his his page. I believe he outperformed his pitching metrics uh, for a couple of years now. Let me just let me just pull up fan graphs. I believe that he did, and his ERA was very low this year, from what I remember too. Uh, yeah, he outperformed his pitching metrics. Fairly substantially this year, uh, by like a run and a half, one point three runs kind of thing. It wasn't a huge sample size for the career. Generally, they've been more so in line with each other, so I'm not going to worry so much about that at this point. You know what? I forgot about Andres Munoz. I wonder if he's still there. He is still sitting here in round fifteen of my twelve teamer. I love that. I'm taking him. I'm taking him over Sewell, even though I think Sewell will probably have more saves to begin the year. I'm banking on a better ratios or better both ratios, more strikeouts, and potentially you know, might get more wins from Munoz as well. So he's the guy I'm going to take as my second relief pitcher. I probably could have done that a little wiser and had another buffer in there in between just in case you know they don't make him the closer. I could take Paul Sewold here still in the next round. Uh, Gregory Soto, we talked about him yesterday. He's off the board for me pretty much. Sir Anthony Dominguez as well. Jorge Lopez is an interesting one. Kyle Finnegan as well. Uh, Ranger Suarez is still going to carry relief pitcher eligibility here, according to Fantasy Pros. Interesting. I did not realize that. Uh, there's not really so much. I kind of backed myself into a corner for saves here a little bit. I guess I'll go with Sewold, and then you know I'll take those saves earlier in the year, and then if I have to drop him later on, then I drop him later on. And you know, let's say Munoz does get the full-time job, then we drop him, we move on to somebody else. We're at the point of the draft where I'm okay to take some chances like that, pick 196 overall. Now, the entire starting lineup I have filled out. I still need two utility spots and six bench players. Let's see who the best available utility player is for me here. According to these guys, it's going to be Josh Bell. I don't know about that. I'm I'm still not really sure about playing time, if he's going to play that much, what the plan is going to be with Naylor. And just in, let me take a look at roster resource real quick. Uh, because it's very easy to get lost in a draft and just kind of forget certain things. Uh, he's projected to be DH. Naylor projected at first. Um, let's see. I'm not going to be crazy about Josh Bell here. Javi Baez. You know what? Josh Naylor is also on the board. Jonathan India. Cattell Marte. That might be interesting just to have a second base backup for Ozzy Albies. Marte giving you not five category production, but like four ish. Ish. You know, nothing crazy. Um, but generally a solid baseline in every category. I think steals are I'm I'm going to wreck the competition in steals here just as a side note. Every single player in my lineup is going to steal me probably 10 bags or more. Let's go Cattell Marte. He's going to be our first utility pick here. And the computer just froze. Let's hope that the draft didn't just all freeze. Um Let's see. It's just loading right now. If the whole draft just froze, then I'd be rather disappointed in that. But let's just give it a second here. Just recap my picks real quick. Oh, you know what? It just loaded there. Gave me a small heart attack for a second. I thought that we were going to be shit out of luck here with our draft. But no, uh, it loaded pretty well. This computer that I use, it's an old Dell computer. I don't really know why I trust it. There's going to be one day where I record a whole podcast, and it's going to just erase the whole damn thing. 
Um, but for now, it appears it appears to be working. It's it's a little slow, um, but it appears to be working. Let me just quickly give you guys a recap of who I have on the roster so far: Dalton Varsho, Christian Walker, Ozzy Albies, and it just <laughs> Jesus. This is pissing me off. This technology. Okay, Varsho, Christian Walker, Ozzy Albies, Fernando Tatis, Jose Ramirez. <clears throat> that is my infield. Christian Yelich, Stephen Kwan, MJ Melendez in the outfield. We have Cattell Marte in our first utility slot. Then Shane McClanahan, Brandon Woodruff as our first two starters, followed by George Kirby, Freddie Peralta, and Lance McCullers. Our relievers, Ryan Presley, Andres Munoz, and Paul Sewell. I think I need to go some more starting pitching here. I think my lineup is very, very good. I think I needed to start filling out uh, the back end of my rotation here. And there are some good options still available. Pitching is fairly deep. We got Reed Detmers. We got Patrick Sandoval, Alex Cobb, Edward Cabrera, Sonny Gray. Considering we're past pick 200, still some pretty good options. I'm a big Patrick Sandoval guy. Uh, I think he is he's the dude I'm going to take. We've seen, I don't know, we saw a good second half from him. We saw... Overall, pretty solid numbers considering the team he's playing on and what you can generally expect from any Angels pitchers. They're they're rather a nightmare in terms of pitching development, but they seem to have done a rather okay job with Patrick Sandoval. Uh, forgive me, guys, for some of the rambling here. This computer is really slow today. Usually not this bad. I'm just pulling up pages. i got a couple tabs open, and it's it's pissing me off, to be honest with you. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, 291 ERA this past season, 309 FIP, giving you pretty solid strikeouts, nothing crazy, but close to 24%. Walk rate is a little bit high, uh, but overall, I think still a fairly solid value where I'm getting him here, which is round, I got him in round 18 of a 12-team league. So let's see who else we got here for starting pitchers. And again, my apologies for, sometimes I'll try and buy myself some time here as a page is loading. This computer is just so slow. It used to be so fast. I guess that's just what happens. They start to to slow it down on you. Let's take a look at the overall players here who are still available, just in case I want to fill out that that utility slot. No one really that's jumping out at me. I think I might just wait on that one and keep going for starting pitching. Alex Cobb has been my guy. I am an Alex Cobb truther, and I have been for quite some time. If you just look up Alex Cobb's name in my tweets from last year, I was talking about him a lot, a lot. And he did eventually pay off, but it took it took a long-ass time for him to pay off. I think I'm going to go for him. We'll take my guy, Alex Cobb. Start off this year just the way we did last season. Now let's see who else we have here that we still need to target. I think I probably should be going for another relief pitcher. But at this point, I mean, it's going to be Kyle Finnegan. He's going to be the guy, maybe Dylan Floro, but I don't really don't really have that much confidence in Dylan Floro. You know, we'll go Kyle Finnegan. I need some more saves. I know it's a shitty team. He might get 15 of them, but I just need to have some kind of save secured on the roster here. Justin Steele is sitting at the top of the draft board right now. I really like Justin Steele. Ramon Laureano is there. Now, I still don't know how Ramon Laureano is a member of the A's. They've traded Everybody, like literally everybody. It's like that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meme where he's standing in the empty house. I don't know what they're doing. Might as well get him out of town. I think that he will be traded this season, and that would be positive for his fantasy value. Uh, He's in a terrible ballpark, terrible lineup around him. Any trade would be good for Loriano. I think I am going to make him my second utility spot, and he is the guy that they're they're saying, experts agree, you should go Loriano. Uh, yep, we got him here. Pick 208 overall. I think that that's pretty solid value. Let's see where he's going in NFBC drafts because <clears throat> it does all completely change depending on where you are playing. Uh, let's see. Oakland draft champions, 222. 
I'll take it. It's within re- it's within reason for me. I will take it. Uh, now we are just pretty much down to needing more pitchers. Three bench spots. I don't like to carry bench bats. Oh, man, Lars Newbar went in round 22. I screwed up there. I could have had Newbar at this point of the draft. Uh, I don't like to have my bench filled with a lot of bats. I think that bats generally are a lot easier to stream off the wire than pitchers. I think if you are sitting bats on your bench, then that is really a waste of a spot. Maybe one. You know, I can get behind one and maybe two. Maybe you carry a backup catcher, depending on how deep your league is. For the most part, I like to pack my bench with all starting pitchers. And then you rotate them in throughout the week. You're going to have an advantage in wins, and you're going to have an advantage in strikeouts. Where you might have the volume advantage for bats, but it it's not going to be as big in terms of how it dictates the home run leaders and the RBI leaders. Where innings pitched, you are going to get more strikeouts and more wins. Where you, know, you might have 20, 30 more games played than somebody else. It doesn't mean you're going to hit more home runs than them. Where with strikeouts, it's a little more certain. Anyway, I like to fill out my bench with pitchers, specifically starters. The problem here is that there's not really anybody that's that appealing in a 12-teamer anymore to me. There's Jack Flaherty, who I'm going to stay away from. <clears throat> Just really not sure what to expect from him. Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, Jamison Tyone. I wish I got maybe one more starter early on because I like my group. McClanahan, Woodruff, Kirby, Peralta, McCullers, Sewell, uh, Paul Sewald, Patrick Sandoval, Alex Cobb, and Kyle Finnegan. Like I like that group. I guess not Kyle Finnegan. Uh, I like that group in terms of the starters I have. There's just no one else to really add on to it at this point. Tyler Molly, maybe. Yavaldi, uh, the velocity concerned me last year. It's concerning me heading into this year. Texas, I don't know what what they're going to be really. Man, maybe I pass on starting pitching, but I can't really. I can't really pass on it at this point in the draft. There's not really any other relievers that I want. It's going to have to just be, you know, bite the bullet on somebody. And I think it might be Sonny Gray. You know, overall, what he gives you, I think, is the, probably the most consistent what you can expect from any of these guys you mentioned here. Eric Lauer I like, but not very consistent. And Sonny Gray himself can struggle with that, but I think – you know, for the price here in the 260s, I think it generally makes sense. And I'm going to have to take you know, a couple of, at least one more of these guys. Shamanaya, I like Shamanaya. I didn't realize he was still sitting there. I think I'm going to go with him, considering the San Francisco impact that I think that they will have on him. And even Ross Stripling, for that matter. Uh, I'm going to reach a little bit for Manaya. Actually, not even really. We're at pick 268. Where's he going in these NFBC drafts right now? Probably lower than that. Uh, 305. Yeah, okay. I, I'm sold. Even though, like I said, different format. You can't look at it apples to apples. But Shamanaya with my second last pick, I will take it. Now, my very last pick, try and make an upside play. If I can, go for the absolute just best overall remaining player, regardless of position. And I think at this point, it's probably got to be Matt Mervis. Like, he's the guy where... You know, will Eric Hosmer come in and, and ruin everything in terms of what we were hoping for with Matt Mervis's value? Potentially. I don't think the Cubs are going to do that necessarily. I think that Mervis is still probably going to start off as their, as their starting first baseman, at least get solid amount of at-bats, played appearances throughout the season. I wouldn't expect Eric Hosmer to be the the guy that ruins that for us. Jason Adam is also there with the last pick. You know, he could be somebody who turns into a, a full-time closer this year. It's possible. I don't expect it with the Rays, but I wouldn't be shocked by it at the same time. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar is also sitting here. He's a pretty solid upside play as well. 
Uh, Shea Langoliers might be interesting if I didn't already have two catchers. I think my play here is going to be Matt Mervis because all I have in terms of first baseman right now is Christian Walker. I don't think I have anybody else who's even eligible. Yeah, I don't. So, you know what? It's going to be Matt Mervis. He is going to be my last pick of this draft. I really like this draft. 83 out of 100 I get for my uh, draft grade rankings. <clears throat> That's what uh, Fantasy Pros has given me here. And I'll take it. Uh, I think that I will take that. Uh, yeah, I thought it would be better than that, honestly. I thought it was a really, really solid draft. But you know what? Uh, I'll take 83 out of 100. Consensus of 16 experts. I wonder which ones it is. I wonder if you can even see that. Um, I'll figure it out later. Upgrade for free. I don't want it to like lose these results or anything like that. I'm not a premium Fantasy Pros member, so I'm not even sure if it'll let me say or let me see who's got um, – who says what about my particular draft? Whose rankings agree? Whose rankings don't? Let's go through this one more time before I let you guys go. It didn't go quite as long as I thought it would, and I guess that's what happens when you're only drafting with yourself in the computer. Dalton Varsho is my catcher. Christian Walker at first. Ozzy Albies at second. Fernando Tatis at short. Jose Ramirez at third. That is my infield, and that is probably my favorite part of the team, honestly. The infield is just ridiculous. <clears throat> Outfield is where it probably could be a little bit better. Christian Yelich, Stephen Kwan, and MJ Melendez. Now, I said how much I liked having the um, the dual catcher slash outfield eligible players. Varsho and Melendez, that's really going to come in handy, I think. Uh, especially if you were in, <clears throat> I mean, this is redraft, obviously, but in a dynasty kind of format, you're going to be losing Varsho's catcher eligibility. I would start looking into a way to replace him. If you can get MJ Melendez and keep outfield as well along the way, I'd be all for it. Catal Marte and Ramon Laureano are my utility players. Both of them can play in the outfield, so if something does happen, let's say Melendez catches a ton, and I mean, it doesn't even matter. He has the eligibility, but he goes down, he gets hurt catching or whatever. Or maybe Stephen Kwan isn't what we're hoping he'll be in this year, too. Or maybe Christian Yelich isn't that good either. Who knows what's going to happen with him? His trajectory has been all over the place. Then I have two fairly viable options on my bench to replace them. Now, I only took one bench bat. Matt Mervis, like I said, I'm not really big on the whole stacking your bench with, with bats because then you're sitting them on the bench, and they are going to be accumulating bench stats for you, which is bullshit, which is nothing uh, throughout the season. It's something oh, – that was like one of the first things I, I realized playing fantasy baseball several – however many years ago it was now. If you're sitting guys on the bench who are position players, then you're going to be seeing home runs and stolen bases and things like that on your bench, and it's going to just cause more headaches. Whereas if you're sitting a pitcher on your bench because he's starting later this week or whatever, you're not sitting zeros. You know, maybe it's Sunday and you got to sit a pitcher to avoid, you know, some kind of blow up. Then okay, but if you're having a bench bat on your bench, you know, multiple of them especially, then you're looking every day at oh shit, I made the wrong choice here. This guy hit a home run. This guy didn't. I think for the most part, those guys are streamable anyway, and it's much more valuable to keep at least, you know, <clears throat> higher than replacement level pitchers on your bench because streaming pitching, it sucks. We have to do it to be competitive, but it's not something you really want to have to do. If you have a stronger foundation of pitchers and you're starting lineup and on your bench, you're going to be better set up for success throughout the season. Now, I'm pretty happy with my pitching squad here. My top two, McClanahan and Brandon Woodruff, hard not to be very happy about those two together. I think that they're both probably fairly undervalued based on where I got them here. Not going to be able to happen in most drafts pairing these two together unless you're, I mean, let me just see actually by ADP because I'm kind of curious because this whole thing is 
the whole thing is skewed when you're looking at a different website. But let's see. McClanahan is going to pick 38. Woodruff is going to pick 39. Almost no chance you're going to be able to pair them in the NFBC. But very happy that I've gotten them both here. My other starting pitchers, George Kirby, Freddie Peralta, Lance McCullers, uh, Patrick Sandoval, Alex Cobb, Sonny Gray, and Sean Manaya. I really like that pitching squad, honestly. like It's bolstered by the strength at the top with McClanahan and Woodruff. But even Kirby, Peralta, like it's a lot of upside plays. There could be some swings and misses. Let's say Kirby isn't as good as we hope. Peralta doesn't get as many innings as we want. McCullers isn't healthy. You know, Alex Cobb is, you know, Babbitt to death again. It's possible. But I think I've set myself up for success with a pretty deep starting rotation. I think where I may be lacking here more than anywhere else is going to be closers. And, you know, Ryan Presley should be very solid at the top for 25-30 saves. Andres Munoz and Paul Sewold combined... I should be able to get about 30 saves between the two of them. And then Kyle Finnegan. I have no idea what to expect out of Kyle Finnegan. Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe it'll be 12. Maybe it'll be four. Maybe it'll be 35. I I have no idea, but I kind of just needed to take a chance on him there, considering the fact that I kind of lacked earlier uh, with my saves. So, guys, that is my team. We are going to be doing these quite a bit. I want to do them from pretty much every draft slot, if possible, um, I, I would really, really like to do, I think probably every single draft slot. I think that that is what's going to make the most sense for me. Um, we'll, we'll see if we have time to do it. We'll see if we have time for those, uh, that many shows, but Hey, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I really appreciate that. You guys can find me over on Twitter at Joe Orico 99 at Ethos Fantasy BB. You guys get all of our baseball and fantasy baseball content over there. And you can get it right from the source as well at sportsethos.com. Hit the subscribe button on the way out the door so you never miss any of our new podcasts that come out Monday through Friday. If you guys are new to the channel, I'd really appreciate you doing that. And also, if you're listening on a platform that allows you to rate and review, uh, let us know what you think of the pod so far. Guys, that will do it for me. We will see you again tomorrow, and we will talk first base rankings. Until then, cheers, and take care, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.